What's happening, sports fans? Wake up, wake up, wake up. It is time to go to class. Chris and Chris Dorm Room Sports here to take you to school again today. Today we're talking NFL Draft. We're going to recap the draft. We're going to go over some of the team's picks. And then we're going to give a couple teams some grades. I know there were some picks out there I didn't agree with. I know there's some picks out there that the Almanac didn't agree with. But we're going to get into all this information today. Almanac, how you doing today? Doing great, man. Doing great. It was a busy weekend breaking down this draft. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking about it with you. See what we, we agree at. See what we disagree at. And uh, just ready to go at it. All right. That sounds good. So why don't we just get right into this? We have a lot to cover today. So we're going to try and fit this all into an hour for the people. So let's get right into this. Let's dive in with some good news. Who do you think was the best pick of the draft this year? Okay, so I have two uh, picks that I that I thought were the best picks. And when I say, I mean, I'm going by the fit. Offensive studs. Uh, my first pick that I think was the best pick of the first round uh, is Roquan Smith, the linebacker out of Georgia. I think he fits the new mode of the lot today. Like the 230 range, uh, four or five speed, and I think he's a great, great. He's great in defensive coverage also, so that allow him to stay on the field for all four downs. Um, and I think this kid's just a tackling machine. If you saw him in the national championship game, he was all over the field, had about 15 tackles against the Crimson Tide. And uh, when you think of the Chicago Bears, you know the first thing you think of is great linebacker play, all the way back in the days of the Dick Butkus to the Mike Singletary's to the Brian Urlacher's. And I think this kid could be the next great linebacker in the Chicago lineage. Um, my second pick that I really love was Bradley Chubb at number five to the Denver Broncos uh, because I think the fit is, is great. I think Chubb was my he was my number one ranked defensive player in the draft, and I think the fit is perfect playing opposite of uh, Von Miller. So that means he's going he's gonna to pretty much have one-on-one -on -one coverage uh, on the opposite end of Von Miller every time. And uh, I think that will allow for him get off playing opposite of Von Miller. So uh, those are my two uh, favorite picks of the first round. Uh, how about you, buddy? Well, I, I think Bradley Chubb landed in a great spot for him. I don't know that he could have landed in a better spot. Like you said, he's going to be opposite of Von Miller, who's going to take up all of the blocking for him and give him the ability to be the guy he can be and for a couple of years not have to stress too many double teams. I think that's a great spot for him. My right. best pick of the draft was Quentin Nelson. This guy is the real deal. So it's not very often, A, that offensive linemen even get any credit in the draft. But when they do, they're normally left tackles. You know, normally you hear about the guys protecting the quarterback, things of that nature. This guy's a guard and is the, and for my money, the best offensive line talent I've seen in at least a decade. And that's saying something because there's been some great linemen out there. But this guy's amazing. I love him. And he, what he I did at Notre him. Dame, he can do it all. He gets into space well. He'll pancake dudes. And he's just, I think he was just a phenomenal pick. I couldn't believe he lasted as far as he did. For the Colts to be able to grab him and protect for, you know, Andrew Luck, who yeah. who knows when he's ever really going to be healthy again. But at least if you can hold him up a little bit longer, you know, it, it, it's a great pick for the Colts. He he went to a spot that they really, really needed him. That's just what they need. They need an attitude change in that franchise, and they, they need to start running the ball. So 
I'm with you on uh, Quentin Nelson. He's a mauler, and uh, I think the Colts couldn't have made a better pick. So I, I totally agree with you there. All right, so let's move on to more good news before we start knocking GMs out of the ballpark. Who was the biggest steal of the draft? Okay, so for me, um, I went with uh, Calvin Ridley. Uh, I think he dropped a little bit. Well, I don't think I know he dropped because of the poor quarterback play at Alabama. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I mean, the kid, is a, he's, a, he's a good athlete. He's more of a runner than a thrower. Uh, if you can see, uh, matter of fact, I think Calvin Ridley's best year at Bama was his freshman year, and that's when they had Jacob Coker. Right. And he's not a great quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a better thrower of the football than uh, Jalen Hurts was. And uh, I just think Calvin Ridley, he's a route technician, and the kid is a great route runner. And I think he ran four 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 five, so he has uh, enough speed and also about – uh, it's about fit also. He's playing opposite of Julio Jones, so he's never going to see uh, double coverage. He'll be one-on-one coverage his whole career as long as he plays with Julio Jones. So um, I think that you will see him thrive with a better quarterback, and he's playing with one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL with Matty Ice. So um, I think he, I think he was still going in the late 20s to the Falcons. All right, so I'm not going to drop too much of a conspiracy theory here. But do you really think he's playing across from Julio Jones? Or was this a replacement pick? Because you know earlier in the week, Julio Jones deleted all of his social media accounts, everything related to the Atlanta Falcons. And I know he uh-huh. said that he was just cleaning house and starting over. But then for the Atlanta Falcons to draft Kelvin Ridley in the first round, it, it sure started the rumor mill. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I think Julio, I think that was about – Posturing, I think he, it was about money, because uh, you know uh, when he signed his deal, that was about what three years ago, two, three years ago. Yeah, I think three and years as ago. You know, yeah, as you know, the market resets, man. I mean, it's just how it is. You look at uh, Aaron Rodgers and look what he's making. Look at Kirk Cousins. That's just how it is. You know, when when Rodgers signed his his new deal next year, and Matty Ice is going to be the highest paid quarterback this year when he signs, and next year when Rodgers signs, it'll be the same thing. So. Uh, I understand Julio's upset. I mean, Jarvis Landry is getting paid more than what he's making, and Jarvis Landry is not in the same hemisphere as him as far as a wide receiver. But when he signed that deal, he was one of the top highest-paid receivers. So, I mean, it's not the Falcons' fault. Uh, me, personally, I think that's what that move was about. All I right. About if, if you're right, then, yes, Ridley will be playing across from Julio Jones. I just think it was awful suspect. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not here to foretell the future. But I thought it was awful suspect that they jumped out there and took Calvin Ridley when they do have other deficiencies. But we'll see if how they, that all pans out. <laughs> if they trade him, they'll be idiots because I think he's on the contract for at least two more years. Yeah. So it's not like he, he really doesn't have too much leverage in the situation, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, he can hold out. Guys hold out all the time. But even guys that hold yeah. out end up coming back by week one. And he's a veteran right. that doesn't necessarily have to go to OTAs and mini camps. So yeah. even if he holds out, I still expect him to be back by week one. Yeah, so do I. So my sleeper pick of the draft was Derwin James. Love him. So I have my pen and paper because I'm old and I write everything down. And as the draft is going, I have you know my wife with me and a few of my buddies, and we're watching it, and the volume's all the way up. And I'm naming picks as they're going. I'm like, this is who's going to get picked next. And I had uh, six of the first seven right. 
And then I started telling people, okay, Derwin James has to go next. Okay, Derwin James has to go next. Okay, Derwin James has to go next. And he never went. And he slipped all the way to 17. This is a top seven or eight talent in this draft. And he slipped all the way to 17. And the only reason I don't have him listed as my best pick in the draft is because the Chargers didn't really do anything. They sat there with their hands on their chairs, and Derwin James just slid down to them. They did nothing. It just was like they woke up with next to the phone and said, oh, look, Derwin James is still here. Let's take him. I have I no idea how that happened. I was praying he would be there at 19 for my Cowboys. He was almost there. I was praying. Yeah, almost. I wish he would have traded up and got him, he, man. He but, had no uh, right being there, but he was almost there. Yeah, this kid is super, super Taylor. talented. Absolutely. He reminds me of the late, great Sean Taylor. Yeah, 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 a lot. A lot. This kid's going to be really yeah. good. And he's going to bring a defensive culture change to say, well, I keep going to, I'm going to call him San Diego for as long as I can be alive because yeah. they'll never be the LA Chargers to me. Because when right. I see LAC in like um, ESPN or on the bottom line, that's the Clippers. I don't care. LAC's right. the Clippers. Yep. It'll never be the Chargers. I'm sorry, Chargers fans. You're still San Diego to me. I agree. All right, so let's start bashing some people. Let's do it. Who was the worst pick of the draft so far? All right, to me, the worst pick, and this is, I I don't know what's going on with this franchise. They usually are one of the best in the draft, but the worst pick of the first round to me was the Seattle Seahawks taking Rashad Penny in the first round. Uh, I had him as my fifth to sixth best running back and a second or third round grade on them. And they took him with the first round draft with their first round draft pick. Yeah, that I'm was a like, that was yeah, a stretch. Yes. I'm like, dude, you need O line. O line, O line, O line. Or cornerback. You know, you lost Sherman. Um you lost a couple corners the past couple years. Uh but that offensive line has been trash for the past two, three years. And you gotta you gotta help Russell Wilson. That kid was running for his life last year, and uh, you had some offensive tackles out there still. You had some good good offensive guards uh, there late. Well, they was what eighteen, so they had they had a lot of uh, different options they could have took. There was a lot and of to reach, options. Yeah, and to reach for Rashad Penny, who I feel like they could have got easily in the second round. I think they may could have got him in the third round. But uh, yeah, at me, least I the second thought, for sure. He would have been there in the second. Yeah, he, he definitely would have been there for second. So to me, that was that was my worst pick uh, in the first round, considering that they had they definitely been needing an upgrade on the O line for the past couple of years. All right, so here's where I get to have some fun, and I'm going to apologize to you, Almanac. I'm sorry for this, but the worst pick in the draft <laughs> was Leighton Vanderesh. What were the Cowboys thinking? Listen, this kid uh, is a one-year starter. I'm not going to hold the walk-on thing against him because I respect that. I'm okay with him being a walk-on. He's a one-year starter at Boise State and came from a high school program that didn't even really play a full 11-on-11 program. Like, I just don't see it. And they're talking about him, like, and you you brought up Brian Urlacher earlier. They're talking about like he's the next Brian Urlacher. And sure, he has great sideline-to-sideline speed. He has above-average instincts. But in the first round, 
You had other needs, especially yes. with the announcement retirement of Jason Witten. Like, yeah. You knew that was coming, and you didn't even try to get to that need. You went right to Leighton Vander Esch. Oh my God, dude! I had, I had him right behind Rashad Penny. Is he was he, if you, if you wouldn't have said him, I would have said yeah. him as the worst pick in the first round because I agree with you. I was sitting up there after, like I said, I was hoping for. Derwin James, then I seen Tremaine Elvin slipping, and both those guys got picked right before us. So I started banging the table for uh, for DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley, um, either one of their wide receivers. I personally wanted more. Uh, and for us to skip over them and, like you said, take a, a one-year wonder um, at at linebacker, I was just – I was blown, man, like that – I agree with you. It was we had one of the worst picks in the first round. Who knows? I mean, maybe the kid will turn out to be great. I will never in my life root against a kid, a young kid, to fail. But I just don't see this. I really don't. But in Dallas's defense, though, I, I said the same thing two, three years ago when we drafted uh, Travis uh, Frederick in the first round. Everybody said that was a reach. Uh, the center from Wisconsin, and he's been nothing but a Pro Bowler every year. Uh, for the first three years, so he has. I and don't know. Your talent evaluators are definitely really good because I thought that Ezekiel Elliott was a reach. I don't. I'm not a fan of drafting yeah. running backs in the first round at all, let alone as high as they've been getting drafted. So I thought that Ezekiel Elliott was a reach, and he's turning out to be a, a super stud. So maybe your talent evaluators yeah. know more than me, but I don't really believe anybody knows more than me. So I don't know. <laughs> all right, so let's keep bashing people because this is fun. Okay. Who made right. the worst trade so far? Whose trade screwed up the worst? Okay, so you just you just took a, a stab at my Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, with that pick, and, and I'm going to do it to you because I know this was a player uh, that you loved that we talked about it last week. You said this guy was going to be probably your sleeper of the draft. Um, and, and this is not so much about him, but my worst trade was Detroit trading up to get on Johnson. Um, I don't, and it's not about the player, like I said. I don't, but I don't feel like they had to trade up to get him. I, I thought they could have stayed at fifty-one, uh, and he would have been there at fifty-one because most uh, scouts had him as the seventh, eighth running back at best, and they traded up to I think forty-three to get him, and that caused him fourth-round pick. So I think that he would have been there at 51 and they could have just took him at 51 and saved themselves uh, a fourth round pick with in those fourth round picks, you know, that it's not the first or the second round, but you can find some gems in the fourth round. So yeah, there's talent uh, out there. There's talent. Absolutely. Out there. All right. So that hurts so, my heart a little bit because I am big yeah. on carry on Johnson. I'm big. On I know him. you are, but you're right. You they probably could have waited. Sometimes teams get impatient and if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to remember now. I think there was a small run on running backs right before that. Yeah. Because I know Ronald Jones had gone right before that. Just yeah, a few picks. Uh, so I think they got a little nervous and traded up. They didn't need to. He was going to be there where they where they were. Yeah. And yeah, that fourth round pick, that's, I mean, it's a developer's pick. But if you have faith in the development of your prospects, that's a that's a pick you need. Yeah. The pick you yeah, need. Especially, especially the team with Detroit. You know, I, 
they it's, it's time for them to put up a setup, man. They need all they need all they can get up with the with the quarterback they got. It's it's time for them to start winning, man. Yeah, no, for real. They need to well, and you know, maybe he has he'll have a legitimate running game now. They've tried to piecemeal together a running game in Detroit for a decade. Right. Just, you know, half the carries to this guy, half the carries to this guy. We'll throw it out the backfield to this guy. No, it, and it's not working. So maybe they maybe they can find a full-time back here with on Johnson. I, I love his patience at the line. So if their offensive line can open some holes, he's going to find them. And he's, he's deceptively fast when he hits the open field. Yeah. My worst like- trade is the New Orleans Saints. Dude, what were the New Orleans Saints doing? They traded up, moved up, to draft Marcus Davenport. Yeah. Marcus, this is that a was- project pass rusher. He's a project. Yeah. And you moved up in the first round to draft him because his combine numbers were high. We place yeah. way too much value on the combine numbers. That's not a it- game. They're just running around the field. And they got yeah. light of this kid and went moved up. Now, when they moved up in the draft, you couldn't tell me sitting on my couch they weren't taking Lamar Jackson. That's what I thought. You couldn't tell me. And it wasn't just me because it was the announcers, too, that I was watching. I was watching it on ESPN because Spectrum doesn't have Fox up in my area anymore. So I was watching ESPN, and the announcers on there were like, yeah, this has to be Lamar Jackson. This is the heir apparent to Drew Brees. Nope. We're going to draft Marcus Davenport. (sighs) Yeah. That, that, That was all about need and upside. They need a pass rusher. Uh, and the kid has good upside, but uh, I'm like you. He, he's a he's a project, and he's a hell of a risk. And they were picking late in the first round, so I know that that move to jump up that far in the draft. I know that thing cost it cost them a pretty penny. Yeah, and so Marcus Davenport would have been there. Nobody was taking this guy before it got to them. Yeah, and you know what? I hate to knock the Saints' talent evaluators because after last year's draft, they deserve a pass. You know, with yeah. Alvin Kamara and Lattimore and those guys. Like, they had an insane draft last year. So they deserve a pass. They hit it out the They're just not going to get one from me. I'm not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. What if, what if he hits it out of the park? You... Then next year I give him a pass. Got to do it two years in a row. Okay. Next year I don't care who you draft. You could draft <laughs> the backup right guard from Rutgers for all I care next year, and I'll tell you you're right. If you hit it out of the park this year, I'll give you a pass. <laughs> I hear you. All right, so who had the best trade? Whose move was the best? Okay, um, the trade that I like, um, I'm going to go with Arizona Cardinals moving up five spots to, to take uh, Josh Rosen. Uh, me and you talked last week, and we both felt like he was the, the most pro-ready quarterback in the draft. And uh, to get him at number 10, uh, I think they were – dancing circles in the in that uh Cardinals front office uh when they were able to get him at ten. Uh and with Sam Bradford, uh it, you know the fragile Sam <laughs> Sam Bradford. So Glass it's Sam it's only a matter of time. Exactly. It's only a matter of time for Josh Rosen is uh starting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say he'll be starting uh before midway through the season this year and um like the Cardinals, they don't have a quarterback of the future. They needed to come out of this draft with a quarterback of the future and to get the most pro-ready quarterback in the draft at number 10. 
Uh, I think that was a great trade uh, for the Cardinals GM, moving up five spots and, and taking Josh Rosen. How do you feel about his comments in the press conference when he said, there was nine mistakes made ahead of me, and I'm going to spend a decade proving them all wrong? Do you like that, or is that too much? I did not like it, but the kid, he's honest. He's, he's unfiltered. I didn't like it, I didn't, but he I, I listened to him talk, and he says he just doesn't know how to be fake or how to play the game. And he just says what he feels, and that could work negative and positively. Uh, it could work both ways, but I, I didn't, I didn't like it, to be honest with you. But you can only ask a guy to be honest. So, yeah, I, I respect it. I don't necessarily yeah. like it, but I respect it. I respect his ability right. to just, you know, what I say what I feel, and right. in this day and age, yeah. with this political correctness that's going around, you know what? I don't really care for all the canned responses. I just want to go out there and compete. I don't, I don't right. want to hear that all the time. I don't want to hear that. And I loved it from Saquon Barkley because I felt like his was genuine. He's a genuine kid, so I feel like that's how he truly felt. But coming from Josh Rosen, yeah. it would have been fake, and I don't want fake. Yeah, Give me the Absolutely. truth. Give me the truth. All right, so I have two down for my best trade. My best okay. trade, number one, is the Bills moving to get Tremaine Edwards. Yeah. So they gave this new GM and... His name's going to escape me, Pearson or something like that. They gave this new GM freedom. They said, listen, go into the draft, do what you got to do, get us some quality talent. So I had a Bills fan at my house when we were watching the draft, and the Bills fan who's a friend of mine was, he's a bigger fan of stockpiling draft picks and talent and picking through them for the best. I'm the opposite. If I have lower picks, I will use them to move up to get talent that I want. And that's what the Bills did. I don't necessarily think they should have picked Josh Allen, but they moved up and got the guy they wanted. But the winner is Tremaine Edwards. This kid yeah. is... Now, you're talking linebacker talent? This kid has it all in Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech? Yeah, Virginia Tech. Drew a blank for a yeah. second. He's a freak show. He's a, He's freak, a freak show. He is unreal. And just like you said about the Bears being, you know, linebacker heavy in their history, the Bills are the same way. Yeah, the that's true. Bills have a good history of linebackers, and Tremaine Edwards could just be the next one in line to be legendary out there. But and my other 19. pick. Yeah, yes. He doesn't even turn 20 yet. Yeah. Nothing but the ceiling for this kid. But my other pick for the best trade in the draft happened in the second round when the Philadelphia Eagles pulled the greatest oh, Philly move in the history of the NFL draft. When they oh. spent a draft pick to trade up three spots to land one spot ahead of the Dallas Cowboys and draft a player named Dallas that was a tight end that was probably going to get drafted next by the Cowboys. Dallas Godert, Godert, I don't even know how to pronounce it, doesn't matter. They literally gave away a pick to jump in (laughs) and steal a player. They don't need a tight end. The Eagles are loaded in tight end. Zach Ertz, I know that they let um, Brent Sellett go, but Trey Burton is still there. They didn't need this kid. They traded Burton also, though. Oh, they did? They got rid of Burton? Okay. Yeah, he's with the Bears now. Okay, so yeah, maybe they do need him then. Not necessarily need him. It wasn't a spot that they needed, but it accomplished more for my heart to watch him steal him out from under the Cowboys. It was a savage move. It was definitely a savage (laughs) move. 
and a lot of a lot of uh, scouts and the mock drafts I, I saw had this kid as the number one tight end in the draft. So um, I was reading up on it. I don't know how honest it is because a lot of the uh, most of the blogs I seen were like Cowboys blogs. But they said that Dallas was going to take. They was all in on the Connor Williams kid anyway. They was not going to draft Dallas Goddard. But who knows if that's true or if that's just Dallas trying to save face. You know, you got to um, save face. I don't know. You have to. There. Yeah. Whether I mean, it's true yeah, or not, exactly. you have to so, save face. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I loved it. That's I loved I, it. I wanted I wanted us to take the Goddard kid. So I was pissed when the agency <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> and, and as so. right, you had every right to be. It was just, like you said, a savage move by Philly. And the intro to the pick from David Akers was legendary. If you haven't heard oh, yeah, it yet, that. go listen to it, guys. It was hey, legendary. I'm a Cowboys fan, and it made me even laugh. It was I, it, awesome. I was crying laughing. It, it's not like he lied. We A lot of the kids in the draft were not born the last time we won the Super Bowl. True story. And, uh, I think it was payback for what Drew Pearson did last year in Philly. So yeah, they they won up this on that. So we had it coming. And David Akers is a kicker, so to get that kind of attitude from a kicker, really just gets your juices flowing. And he was rubbing it in, boy. Was he? And he was eating it up and <laughs> loving every second of it. I hope he made it out of the stadium. Yeah, I hope he did. Too. I hope he made it out safe. I didn't hear anything bad, but I hope he made it out safe. <laughs> they probably snuck him out the back door and sent him on down the road. Yeah. <laughs> Although at least his was entertaining, who was it? Oh, you talking about Nate Burleson? Nate Burleson. What? Did... Yeah, he just went on and went on. I'm like, dude, shut up. Is he running for office? What was that? I, yeah, that was horrible, man. Yeah, I, I was knew exactly not. Who you were about to, I knew exactly who you were about to say. You feel the same way I felt. Yeah, that was horrendous. What was he doing, dude? Like, it was horrible. Stop. Just yeah. stop. Stop talking. I want to hear the pick now. It started off okay, and then it just went. I felt like he was yeah. running for the mayor of Detroit. That's literally yeah. what it felt like. This goes out to all the hard hat wearing, lunch pail carrying, blue collar yeah. workers. What? Yeah, didn't yeah. belong. Didn't belong. Exactly. But okay, moving on. Last one of these categories, and then we're going to move on and give some teams some draft grades. So, of all of the rookies that you saw drafted in the entire draft, who's going to have the biggest impact in their first year? All right, so when we talked last week, I told you I, I hope the Giants take uh, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I recall. But, but I'm going to call an audible here because I had to see how they were going to draft. So I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley as the biggest impact, and that is because, for one, of course, they you know they signed the uh, the, the lineman from uh, New England. Um, Nate Solder, yeah. His name is Nate Solder. Yep. Okay. And then they drafted – probably my second best uh the second best guard in the draft behind Quentin Nelson they took the Mauler Hernandez oh. uh he, he's a great great run blocker so to pair him with Soldier now you got you moving uh Flowers in the inside and I think that's that's more of a better fit for Flowers because uh, he struggled when he tried to play tackle so I think the Giants offensive line improved dramatically and now uh, I can see Saquon Barkley. I can see him balling out a whole lot more than I did before. Uh, I knew they were going to improve that O line so much. So uh, my impact rookie, I'm going to go. I know that's kind of cheap since he was like the 
a lot of a lot of people the best player in the draft. But I'm going to say uh, Saquon Barkley because of the versatility he can bring as far as running, uh, catching out of the backfield. And if their O-line uh, is shored up like I think it is, I think he could have a, a huge impact. And I'll go uh, my second. I got a, another one also. Okay. And like I said, with uh, with with uh, Sam Bradford, it's only a matter of time before he gets hurt. He, he hasn't played a full season in his career, I don't think. So I'm going to go with Josh Rosen, number two, because, like I said, I, I think I maybe Bradford, may, he might not even make it out of the first quarter healthy of the season. And so they're going to have to have Rosen. He's going to have to be the guy. Um, so either they'll sink or they'll swim when he gets his chance. So I'm going to go with Rosen as my uh, second uh, okay. impact rookie. That's fair. And so – on my other podcast, on uh, Opinionated Sports and on my Instagram and everything else, I have bashed Saquon Barkley for about two weeks now. Okay. Because I just don't believe the hype. The numbers, to me, don't equate to what's going to be a top-tier NFL talent. I know he has okay. the prototypical body. I know that he has the speed, the power, and the athleticism. I see a guy who's been boom or bust his entire career at Penn State. He'll rush for 211 yards, and then he'll rush for 36 yards. So I don't know. However, with the addition of Will Hernandez next to Nate Solder and moving Eric Flowers to the other side, yeah, and the ability to learn from Jonathan Stewart, who is a professional running back in the NFL, will help him. So I'm still sticking to he's going to be a bust, but only in the respect that he was drafted number two. I think he's going to be okay. a good running back, middle of the road, borderline pro bowler year in and year out, not really legendary, probably not a Hall of Famer. But that's a bust when you took him at number two. Right. So that's yeah. what I'm sticking with. But my impact yeah. rookie is, and I'm sticking to these guns till the death of me, is Minka Fitzpatrick. This dude's going oh. to change the Miami Dolphins. He's going to give them – we've talked culture change now a couple of times – right now and he's going to yeah. change the culture in Miami this kid is for real he slipped yeah. all the way to 11 you know okay so the Browns took Derwin, or uh, Denzel Ward at number 4 yeah. and when they took him I thought to myself you know if you were going to take a defensive back and I know that they have who's the rookie they drafted last year uh. at safety Oh, Jabril. Jabril Peppers. Yep. I know they have Jabril Peppers, but if you put Jabril Peppers and Minka Fitzpatrick at safety together with the ability for each of them to guard the slot or play linebacker, that is insanely dangerous. And I Mm -hmm. thought that would have been a better pick than Denzel Ward, in my opinion. But Minka Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins is going to make a difference out there. And this kid's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I like him. I love him. Actually, uh, I wonder where they're gonna play him because they have an all-pro safety in Rashad Jones. All-pro uh, Rashad Jones is more of a, a a free safety than a down in the box safety. So uh, that leads me to think they may be using him more in a corner uh, than a safety because he's definitely not a strong safety. If they have him at safety, he's more of a you know free safety type. I don't see him as a in the box safety. He he does a lot more than, than just tackle. So what do you think uh, they'll use him in Miami? I think they will use him in both. 
not necessarily. I think the free safety is pretty locked down. I think they will utilize his ability to shed tackles, shed blocks, and make tackles as a strong safety. But more often than not, especially in this passing league, you will see him in the slot. You'll see him in short cover zones or blitzing from just about anywhere on the field. So that's he could be used anywhere, but I see him in the, as the slot corner a lot in this pass-heavy league. I can't wait to see him match up with Gronk because I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure he'll be uh, he'll be defending Gronk whenever they play uh, New England. Those those two matchups. Oh yeah, and he's going to he's Gronk's a bigger, taller, more physical guy. But Megan Fitzpatrick is smart, and his football IQ and game knowledge is second to none. And I can't wait to see the chess match between him and Tom Brady with Gronk in the equation. It's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. I love the pick, though. Yeah, that, that was a great pick for them. But again, just like the Chargers, the Dolphins didn't have to do anything. They just sat yeah. down in the draft room and looked up at the board and said, oh, we're on the clock. Oh, look, Maker Fitzpatrick's still here. Like, yeah. how do these guys slip? A lot of slips. A lot of slips. All right, so let's do some, let's do some uh, draft grades. We're going to play pass-fail, but okay. rather than pass-fail, I mean, we're going to do draft grades for... A certain number of teams. We're going to see how many teams we can get in before we got to cut you guys off and let the fans have the rest of their day. All right. All right, so let's start with the team that everybody talked about all offseason, the team with the number one and number four pick. How did the Browns do in this draft total? All right. Uh, so when we say pass-fail, I'm going to have to give them an audible here. I, I'm going to give them a C, Okay. And just listen to it. It's, it's based on on value. That's rough. Uh, it's just on the value because I, me personally, I felt like they got the third best quarterback in the draft with Baker Mayfield. I had Donald and Rosen uh, ranked ahead of him, and they took him at one. And I think they met, missed out on the best defensive player in the draft and Bradley Chubb, and they took uh, Denzel Ward at four. Um, which I do not, I do not understand why they passed up an opportunity to get Chubb and pair him with Miles Garrett, and I think they would have had the one of the scariest young uh, pass rushing duos in the NFL. So I think they missed a, a big opportunity, and we saw in the draft it was a lot of corners that got drafted uh, late in the first round, in the middle of the first round, and I, I think you know they could have took Chubb, and I think they could have got uh, just as good as a corner early with their first pick in the second round. Uh, so, But their, 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 their uh, draft will depend on Baker Mayfield because this team cannot afford to miss on another quarterback. And I tell you, the GM, he has balls, though, because there's a lot of comparisons between the Baker Mayfield and Johnny Menzel, and you already flamed out once uh, on Johnny Menzel, sort of take another six-foot quarterback with off the field issues uh they better hit on this pick yeah. i'm telling you because uh it's, it's critical man this this franchise needs to find a franchise quarterback and i can imagine if, if baker flames out and sam Darnold or rosen or josh allen go on to have you know a pro bowl career it's just going to be a bad look and those poor fans deserve better than that yeah i so i give them a b i i gave them a b and okay. I gave him a pass on Baker Mayfield because I felt like even though I know 
in my mind that Josh Rosen was the most ready quarterback in the draft right now. I felt like all of the quarterbacks had question marks around them. So it really was like you could have put pictures on a dartboard, thrown, thrown it, and not been necessarily wrong with anybody right. that you picked. So I'll give them a pass on Baker Mayfield. I won't give them a pass on Denzel Ward. That was just a horrendous pick. There was so many more talented guys out there. And like you said, yeah. in the second round, when their first pick came up in the second round, Josh Jackson was still there. Exactly. So they didn't need to jump on Denzel Ward. There was – Josh Jackson was sitting right there in the second round, and you know when that happened, and they looked up in the second round and went, man, we screwed up. You know they did. They had to. They had to. Yeah. But where I think they made a little bit of a move back up, because I probably had him at a C after Denzel Ward, the Nick Chubb pick put him to a C-plus for me. I thought that was a good okay. pick. And then the one that really gave it to me, and I think they got him, I want to say in the fifth or sixth round, was Antonio Callaway, okay. the slot receiver from Florida. So they Man, that's a lot of baggage. Yes, it is, a, it is a lot of baggage. But if he can just pull it together, he's got all the tools to be a top-notch slot receiver. And when you have Jarvis Landry and you have, yep. if he's not getting high, Josh Gordon, <laughs> to be able to put him in the slot with never any double coverage, never anything really rolled up his way, He's got potential to be a really good receiver for the Browns and to help Baker Mayfield out. So that put them to a B for me. Yeah, I was watching the ESPN coverage of the draft, and uh, either it was either Mel or Ty. One of them said, from a pure talent standpoint, that he is the most talented uh, wide receiver in the whole draft. They didn't say what they said. This kid, talent-wise, would have been the best wide receiver in the whole draft. But, but he carries he, some he, luggage. Like, I'm like, dude, this with all the luggage that he already <laughs> had, and then he failed the drill test at the combine too. I, he just would have been off my draft board. I'm sorry. You know the Browns like, don't care about the failing drug tests. Browns don't care nothing yeah, about failing true. drug tests. That's true. And the, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Maybe maybe Josh Gordon to be a, a good mentor for the kid though. If Josh Gordon got everything together. All his stuff together, I, I couldn't think of a better mentor for the kid uh, than a Josh Gordon. Because Josh Gordon is has potential to be one of the best receivers in the NFL when he's yes. sober and playing well. When he's right. He's unreal. Yeah, I, so I, I thought that that pick, if, like you said, if he can get himself together and just go play NFL football, move them to a B for me. So that's where I'm going to have yeah. them at a B. Let's move on. Okay. I ain't mad at that. Philadelphia Eagles. All right. Where do you got them graded? Uh, this is a tough one to grade because you guys only had like four picks. You didn't have a first round uh, pick at all. Well, you did, but you traded traded down. Yeah. Um, so I give I give the Eagles uh, I give the Eagles a a B, and most of that is just from that savage move that you guys pulled <laughs> on that trade. And I think getting the best uh, tight end in the draft in the second round. Also, uh, I think what could be could be the steal of the draft is Josh Sweat. Okay. Uh, I'm really big in the high school. I'm really, really big in the high school recruiting. And Josh Sweat was the number one recruit in America coming out of high school when he went to Florida State. And the only reason why he's a fourth-round pick is because he had a knee injury 
uh, while in college, and a lot of teams are concerned that that may it may be degenerative and it may lead to him having a shorter NFL career. Okay. But to get him in the to get him in the fourth round, uh, the kid he he just could be an absolute steal. If you look at his measurables from the combine, he's about what six five, two fifty, two sixty. Yeah, ran big. a four five forty. Yeah, ran a four five forty, and he has all the tools to be a great pass rusher. And with the rotation in Philadelphia, it's not like he's going to be required to be an every down player. He probably they probably only use him for maybe fifteen to twenty snaps at best on third downs uh, to go get the quarterback. So he couldn't have went to a better situation, but. Um, if he pans out, uh, Josh Sweat could be one of the, the biggest steals in this draft. So, for those two picks alone, I give the the Eagles a I, I give them a B plus. All right, I have them at a C plus. I had them at a okay. D. Had them at a D. The only reason they moved up is because, like you said, that savage move they pulled on Dallas. There was just really no star-studded talent. They didn't have any picks available to them. You know, they're yeah. still feeling the effects of the Carson Wentz move which is fine as an Eagles fan I'm totally okay with that we won that trade in my opinion so definitely the fact that we don't have picks we moved out of the first round the Ravens moved up took Lamar Jackson that's fine we got a few extra picks out of that so yeah I, I give them a C plus you know we'll see how everything pans out for them but there wasn't a ton of glaring needs it wasn't Although, at corner, we did have a, a small need at corner that we didn't necessarily fill, but I think we might have our eyes on some free agency moves. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Plus, you got Sidney, you got Sidney Jones coming back, too. He was thought to be a first-round draft pick last year before right. he blew his Achilles out. Yep. Yeah, so, so I mean, there's yeah. some potential there. We'll see what happens with that. So, now we're going to move yeah. on to your Dallas Cowboys. Great, though, oh, for me. I give us a, a C, okay, um, and that's only because I, I give us a C. I did not like the Leighton Vander Esch pick. Um, I thought we could have used a wide receiver. I thought we could have took DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley to to help our franchise quarterback. Also, um, the second Leighton Vander Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, a lot of guys had scouts had him with a second round grade, and we took him at nineteen. Um, like, like basically this draft will pretty much depend on what he does. If he lives up to what we drafted him at, this draft could be an A, but if he flames out, it could drop from to an F. Uh, I do <laughs> like the Connor Williams. I like the Connor Williams pick. Not that we necessarily needed any more offensive linemen, but we went with the, the philosophy of you want to strengthen your strength. Our offensive line is our strength, even though we didn't play like it last year. Um, you see with Tyron Smith got hurt last year, that really exposed us uh, as ha not having an adequate backup left tackle. You just got to look at the Atlanta Falcons game to see that. We gave up freaking eight sacks, six of them to, to uh, what's the kid name who got the six sacks on us? Uh, can't think of his name for Atlanta, but he's not even a, a great pass rusher. Right. So I think Connor, Connor Williams could be a swing tackle. Uh, I think he's going to start at left guard, but a lot of, if we're not for, he had a couple injuries, but a lot of scouts had a, a first round grade on him. So uh, if he pans out, he could be a steal in the second round. 
Um, yeah, I, also, I, I didn't. I wasn't mad at the Connor Williams pick. I thought that was an okay pick, even though you do have a you yeah. do have a good offensive line. Yeah, the the Michael Gallup pick in the third round. Um, he produced uh, at Colorado State. He had two years over a thousand yards. I, was, I, I didn't see much of Colorado State football, so I'm not going to act like I know much about this kid. But everything I was reading on him kept saying that he was a really great route runner, and that's something that Daz Bryant was horrible at. So um, I don't know if, if he pans out and Connor Williams and the Leighton Vanderbilt, you know, if they pan out, then it could be a good. See, D, but. I like some. I like the last two picks that we had. I like the Bo Scarborough pick, and I like the Cedric Wilson pick. I did like the Bo Scarborough pick. I really liked yeah. that pick because he's yeah. got the potential to be a really great back. You never know yeah. what could happen there, and you know you you can never have too many talented running backs. That's true. Yeah, I thought that was a really good pick, yeah. and there was a for a minute there at the end of the draft, I wasn't sure he was even going to get picked, and then I'm thinking. Wow, who is the immediate team to sign him as an undrafted free agent? And then, of course, he went off the board. But I thought yeah. there was a chance he didn't even get picked. Yeah, I was surprised by that. He had a couple of injuries uh, in Alabama. Um, but if he can stay healthy and put it all together, he could be a steal, especially in the, what, seventh round? Yeah, seventh so, round. Yep. I, yeah, so I'd go with the – I'd give him a C-minus. All right, I gave him a C because I felt like even though the Connor Williams pick was a good pick, I felt like it was a panicked pick because even though they're saying they weren't going to draft uh, Dallas Godert, I felt like they really truly were. And when it came to them and the clock was ticking, they were unprepared for what had just transpired in front of them. And they took Connor Williams because their go-to when all else fails was to take more offensive linemen. They did have yeah. other needs at the time that they could have filled, but they got a good pick. Connor, there's nothing wrong with the Connor Williams pick. I just felt panicked to me and rushed. So because of that, they yeah. got a C from me. Bo Scarborough's a good pick. They had a couple good picks in there. I didn't like Leighton Vander Esch, but I'm not going to let that give a whole draft. I'm not going to fail them because of one pick. So C is where yeah. I'm standing. We needed a safety too. Um, that's one thing I'm upset we didn't take. We didn't take a safety. I think we needed this. We needed right. a safety. Yeah. Um, and so. there was some out there at the time that you made the Connor Williams pick, but I yeah. believe you weren't. They there wasn't a safety on your paper right there because you weren't expecting to have to take one. So right. when your pick was gone, they went. You resort to what you know, and what do you know is the Cowboys draft great offensive linemen. So they just yeah. resorted to what they know and made the Connor Williams pick. Yep. All right, so let's move on here. We're going to try and get two more teams in here. Okay. So how did the New England Patriots do? Tell me about the Pats. All right. Uh, the Patriots, I'll give them a uh, – I'll, I'll give them a B. Wow, you're I, nice. I like their first pick. I, I, I was debating on a C or a B, but let me tell you what I said. <laughs> I said B. I go with B minus. I like their first three picks because the first two they get they give Brady some help. Jefton, uh Isaiah Wynn, and Sony Michelle. Uh, I had Sony Michelle as my third ranked running back. Uh, and one thing I do like about 
these two picks, Isaiah Wynn and Sonny Michelle, they come from the SEC. And um, so they will be as NFL-ready as probably any if they were to come from any other conference in uh, in college, especially the offensive linemen. Uh, as you know, the SEC always has the most defensive linemen uh, in the draft, and it was nothing new this year. So Isaiah Wynn has played against a lot of NFL-level talent, and he held his own. Uh, he dominated. If you watch that Oklahoma game, uh, not saying Oklahoma had uh, an elite, elite defense, but they had some guys up front uh, who can play in the NFL. And Isaiah Michelle and Isaiah Wynn and, uh, and Sonny Michelle, they just whipped that offensive line up front. Uh, Sonny Michelle had almost 200 yards, and he had only, I think, not even 15 to 20 carries in the game. He was averaging like over 10 yards, easily over 10 yards per carry in that game. And he also did his thing in a national championship game. So I like those first two picks, getting Tom Brady some help. Uh, so I think that, um, I'll give them, matter of fact, I'll give them, I'll give them a C plus. Um, I'm not going to give them a, a B or a on that, but it will, it all will determine how, how good Isaiah Wynn is at, at guard. I don't know if they're going to use him at guard or if they're going to use him at tackle, but they lost their left tackle. So they're going to need somebody to protect Brady's blind side. And if they put this kid at left tackle, then it, they will draft to be, get determined on how well he does protecting Brady's blind side. So right now I'm going to give him a C plus. Isaiah Wynn was the only productive pick the New England Patriots had in this draft. They have a D in my book. Sonny Michelle was a horrendous pick for them specifically, not necessarily for anybody else for them specifically. Since when does Bill Belichick care who his running back is? He doesn't. That's a good point. It doesn't matter. I remember, was it last year or two years ago, they grabbed a guy who was bagging groceries. He scored four touchdowns the next week. It doesn't Jonas matter. Gray. Yes, Jonas thank you. Gray. Like, it doesn't this. matter. So why waste a first-round pick? They, they yeah, were still that, trying to recover you know, from losing Malcolm Butler. That's a great, that's a great, that's a great, great point you just made, Penny. And I, I don't do this often, but I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to drop that grade down to a D because you, you made a great point, man. They've been rotating running backs in New England since I, since in the whole Belichick era. It makes no difference. They so, rotate them and they send yeah. them on. They rotate them and they yeah. send them on. Like, great point you made. There. Deion Lewis is gone now. Somebody else will step up, and maybe it's Sonny Michelle. And, yes, maybe their thought process is Tom Brady is reaching the end of his career and he needs a legitimate runner. But it still could have been anybody. That scheme in New England, it doesn't matter who it is. Makes yeah. no difference. Who's the guy that's in um, Baltimore right now? He was hurt last year. Uh, the white dude, the running back. Uh, uh, Danny, Danny Woodhead. Danny, Danny Woodhead. Woodhead. Yeah. Like, these are the type of guys that just get produced. I just felt like it was a, it was a reach for them. Almost yeah. anybody else makes that pick, and I give them credit for it. Yeah. I just don't give New England credit right. for that pick. Horrible. You're better than that, Belichick. You're better than that. Good point, man. All right, so we're going to do one more team here. And okay. We're going to do the Buffalo Bills, and I'm going to tell you before you go, this was the only A I gave in my entire draft grades, the Buffalo Bills. Really? Yes, this was the only A that I gave in all 32 teams. 
I looked I, through them all briefly. I didn't go in depth on all of them. The Bills are the only A they got. What do you got? I, I gave the Giants an A, and I gave the Ravens an A, and I give the Bills. Uh, um, I know last week we both said we didn't like Josh Allen, but we were talking for the number one pick. Right. They got they got him at seven, and they already have. Uh, AJ McCann, so he's not going to be required to start uh, next year. So maybe they could tighten up that footwork or throw him motion in his mechanics or something to improve that accuracy. Uh, we know he has the cannon of the arm already, which is going to be need- needed playing in those those conditions up in Buffalo. So you need a quarterback with a big arm, and he definitely has that. All right. Uh, but we both agree on the Tremaine Adams pick. We both love, love that pick, especially at 16 where they got it from. He was my top linebacker on the board. I don't know if he was yours, but uh, yeah, he, he was. Out. He was the best linebacker on the board for me, for sure. Okay, good. I, I totally agree. Uh, they can. Uh, they're probably gonna play him at middle, but on third downs, he could he could play outside backer and rest the passer too. They did that a lot at Virginia. Take with them. Uh, I also like the kid they got in the third round, Harrison Phillips. That's where they kid. get an A. Uh, yes. This kid is where he they is, get an A from me. Yes, he's the strongest player in this draft. I think he did like forty three reps. On the 225 bench in the combine. Insane. And a lot of things in the combine doesn't matter, but strength as a defensive tackle, that's 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 important. That matters. Yeah. Um, and, and I also compare him to, ironically, the guy he's going to be backing up in Kyle Williams. Kyle Williams is a stud. You know, Kyle yeah. Williams came out of LSU. Uh, they, they are similar in size and strength. And to be able to play and learn under Kyle Williams, I think that could be – that's a, a perfect fit for them. Uh, so I think he could end up being a steal, especially in the uh, third round. So with the, I just think with them where they got got an A or a B plus for me is the value. You get Josh Allen. A lot of some people had him going one. You get him at seven. You get Tremaine Edmonds. A lot of people had him in the top ten at sixteen. Then you get Harrison Phillips in the third round. Yeah. That 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 hits it out the park for me in Buffalo and. Uh, I'll give them a, a B plus to an A. So I, I thought that new GM, I thought he had a great draft. I thought he hit it out of the park. Yeah, I, th- I thought he had a really, really great draft. And, you know, they traded up twice in the first round, got the players they wanted. Harrison Phillips can play. He can play inside, outside. He can play nose tackle in a 3-4. He can play defensive tackle in a 4-3. He can even play D-end in a 4-3, not necessarily in a 3-4. He led the country in tackles for a defensive lineman this year. And mm. like you said, when you're th- he went 40 something reps at 225. Yeah. Not only is that strong, but it attributes to your motor. And when you're a D lineman in the NFL, you have to have a high motor because these offensive linemen are also talented and you might get blocked once. You have to keep it moving. He's got a high motor, he's got great instinct, and he's just so strong. He's almost unblockable. To get him in the third round was just a great pick. Um, yeah. Actually, and I'm looking at it here, it looks like they actually traded up for that pick as well. That video of him lifting that 225 at the combine, man, it's freaky. He was yeah. throwing it up like it was a two pick, man. Just boom, 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 boom. It was, it was, it was, it was something to see, man. Listen, I did 12 reps at 225 once and thought I was good. <laughs> this guy did 40-something. That was, oh, it's insane. Man. It's insane. 
All right, so really, really quick, because we did have two more teams we wanted to cover. We're not going to go too in-depth, but I did hear let's, you briefly say you gave a couple of A's out here. Yeah, let's cover the Ravens, man. I, I want to do the, I want to go over the Ravens as a shout-out to the great Ozzy Newsome because this, this was his last uh, draft. His last time. draft, yes. So and props to, to Ozzy Newsome. Tell me how they did. To me, he's the best uh, GM. He's been the best GM of the last 10, 15 years. Uh, easy. Uh, to me, I gave them an A. Let's uh, go. Hayden Hurst pick Lamar. Uh, he was the first, the second, if not first, tight end uh, yeah. rated by most of the scouts. To trade back up at 32 and to get Lamar Jackson, I thought that was a steal. Um, I'm I'm not a Joe Flacco guy. Uh, I thought he had one good run in the uh, that year they won the Super Bowl, and I thought he got paid all that money and he never earned it since uh i think that hurt that team a lot um also the orlando brown pick a lot of people had this kid with a first round grade until he had that horrible combine yeah and with with, like we were saying earlier a a lot of gms take that combine too serious i'm not gonna let uh, a kid running a slow 40 or having i think he did 14 reps at the combine he moved it up to 18 at the pro day but I'm not going to let that outweigh what I've seen on film from him for three years. The kid was a two-time All-American. Yeah. Um, so I, I trust the film over the combine. And it couldn't have landed in a, a better spot. His dad also was a Pro Bowl left tackle, played in Cleveland, uh, played in Baltimore. I don't know if you remember his dad, but his dad was the, the offensive lineman. He got hit in the eye with a, a referee threw a yellow flag up in oh. the air. And his dad got hit in the eye, and that 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 actually ruined his. It, it led to the end of his career, actually. I do remember that. I, I yeah, remember that, that. Yes. Yeah, that was his dad. Okay. Um, I also like the uh, Mark Andrews pick, the tight end from Oklahoma in the third round. I like the Anthony Averett cornerback from Alabama. I loved Deshaun Elliott, the safety out of Texas. The Jordan Lasley, the wide receiver out of uh, UCLA. I just think that they got a lot of good, productive college football players with each pick that they took. And the, the Ravens do what they do, man. Ozzy is just man, Ozzy. He, he they killed the draft again, in my opinion, and uh, it, it was a great way to go out. Uh, so I hope the Ravens have a good replacement because uh, Ozzy Ozzy Newsom, man, he's a great, great GM and wishing well on his retirement. Yeah, I gave him a B plus because. Okay. I did. I respected all of their picks. I thought their picks were really, really good. And I thought the move for Lamar Jackson was a good move. I was surprised that nobody had made it earlier. But if I'm using the Bills as the cornerstone and their aggression and their picks, I had to put the Ravens just a half step lower, so I gave them a B plus. Okay. Because right now I felt like this year the Bills truly knocked it out of the park. If I, like if I was going to be fair, I could give the Bills an A plus and the Ravens an A. Like I could do that, but I have A and B plus. Okay, yeah, that's close. Close. All right. Yeah. So the last one, because only because we touched on it twice already with Saquon Barkley and with Will Hernandez, but I gave the Giants a B plus as well because okay. I felt like they touched on all of their true needs straight down the board, exactly. especially with Lorenzo Carter and B.J. Hill, and then yes. Kyle Lauletta was probably one of the more underrated quarterbacks, probably the most underrated quarterbacks and overlooked quarterbacks in this draft. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, for like you said, that's why I gave him an A, because like you said, in, for the first year for that GM, uh, 
Gettleman out of Carolina. I feel like he hit it out of the park, and they got basically they covered all their needs back to back. The Saquon pick, the Hernandez pick was a steal in the second round pick. Yeah, Lorenzo Carter was a steal in the third, fourth round. He, a lot of guys had him on, on pure talent alone. First, first round pick, early second round pick. Yeah, uh, Georgia, Georgia played him out of position a lot. They had him a lot of times playing middle linebacker. He's a, a really a, a three four, a four three outside pass rusher. Uh, B.J. Hill, the defensive tackle out of NC State, uh, uh, produced. Uh, they got another guy like Rocky McIntosh, another uh, productive defensive tackle out of University yeah. of Miami. Um, so you could tell with this new GM, they wanted to they wanted to uh, focus on strengthening the trenches. Uh, they got stronger on their on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And um, I tell you, man, as a Cowboy fan, I I, I don't like it. Uh, that, that new GM, he had a hell of a draft and. Their season are going to be made or, or made made or break. It's going to be on Eli Manning. Yeah, so, uh, it is. I'm I'm praying Eli Manning uh, has washed up and has another terrible year because praying on his downfall. Yeah, if he could recapture his magic, man, it, it could get it could get ugly for uh for for the rest of the NFC East. You know, I think it it depends on who they end up landing at that uh, third wide receiver spot. Actually, okay. technically the number two spot because Sterling Shepard plays in the slot. But who lands that other outside spot is going to make a difference. But they've solidified the offensive line. They've got, for the first time in Eli Manning's career since Tiki Barber, they have a legitimate running game. Yeah. Jonathan Stewart, Saquon Barkley. He never, last year he had Paul Perkins and Orleans Darquois. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. These guys are practice squad players in almost every other team in the league. We're probably the worst left tackle in the NFL last year. One of the worst. You know what? I'll take him. Philadelphia Eagles will take Eric Flowers right now because his blocking isn't horrendous. He just can't stop going off sides. He can't (laughs) stop false starting every third play. He did get better as the season went on, though. I'll I'll give him credit for that. Last year was better than the year before, and I think the move this year will help him with the pressure off of him and – I'm not sure if they put him at right tackle or right guard, but just the move to the right side alone will make yeah. a difference for him. Yeah, yep. So, so that's what we got. Wait, that was our draft analysis for the 2018 draft, guys. Chris and Chris Dorm Room Sports, bringing you college sports as only we know how. Oh, man, that was a lot of fun. Uh, the draft is always one of my favorite times of the year, so this year was definitely one of the most exciting drafts in the past couple of years for me. So I enjoyed it, man. Yeah, it definitely was a good time. That first round was super exciting all the way through. Yes. As always, guys, go check us out on iTunes and Google Play Music. Follow us, uh, like us, leave comments, whatever you can do. And we're going to be back again next week with another episode of Dorm Room Sports, and we're going to get in-depth on college sports. Almanac, I will see you next week. All right, looking forward to it, my brother. All right, buddy.